On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors, we're joined by the man who has done more for Vanderbilt Athletics than anyone could ever imagine. He's entering his 20th season as head coach of the Vanderbilt Baseball Program, and his name is Tim Corbin. We dive into the MLB draft, his incoming class of freshmen, and why Coach Lee decided to use the V on the new helmets rather than the typical star V. You will not want to miss this episode of TDR as we continue to bring you the best Vanderbilt sports content in Nashville. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 100. We have finally hit the milestone episode. It is August 17th, 2021. We are, as always, powered by the great folks over at Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Whenever you need a hardwood flooring job done on your house, do not hesitate to call Jimmy Alaco and the folks over at Alaco Fine Wood Floors. We'll have more on them from Gary Scales coming up. But before we get to our special, special interview with Tim Corbin, another head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, last week we had Coach Lee. Now we got Tim Corbin on the podcast. We're trying to stay hot, and I think we did that today. But I'd like to apologize to my co-host, Will Byram. I, I feel so terribly for him. He's unable to join. He has another job other than the door report. Um, but because of his busy schedule, he was not able to join inside of this interview, but we're still here and we're back with episode 100 and episode 101 will be even better. You know why? Because Will Byram will be present and the door report is not the door report without Will Byram and I. So Will, I'm going to send out my apologies to you. I would do anything to get you on this interview, but unfortunately, he was not able to join, but it's still a great interview. And like I said, episode 101 will be even better because Will is a part of it. He's been he's done more for this podcast than anyone could ever imagine, and he's helped it grow to where it is now. So, Will, I'm sorry, but still love you, and 101 will be even better. Before we get to the breaking news, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, man, I'm going to miss Will here in this segment one, this breaking news segment. But believe it or not, we don't have any breaking news. The only breaking news for you is that Tim Corbin is joining the podcast coming right up. Coach Corbin, of course, we all know and love him as 
Daddy Corbs and and for him to be able to join the podcast obviously was an absolute honor. He dives into his 20th season coming up as the head baseball coach at Vanderbilt. We also dove into the MLB draft, his upcoming class of freshmen, and why Coach Clark Lee, one of his dear friends, decided to use the V instead of the star V on the new helmets. You will not want to miss this historic episode of The Door Report. Stay tuned because we got Tim Corbin coming right up. Before we get to the interview with Tim Corbin, the Vanderbilt head baseball coach, it's now time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report, and here we go. The long-awaited visit of Coach Tim Corbin on the Door Report. He is a friend of the show. He's been on before, but it's been a while, and uh, we did not have a chance to catch up with him during the season, but uh, here here we have him on. He is entering his 20th year as head coach of the Vanderbilt Baseball Program. He has led the Vandy boys to two national titles in the last eight years, having appeared in four total national championships. And under Corbin, of course, the Commodores have 15 consecutive NCAA tournament berths, which is the longest active streak in the Southeastern Conference since 2003. 26 former Vandy boys have made MLB appearances. And of course, it seems like it's been forever since the national championship game, but the Commodores, of course, uh, fell one game short to the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Omaha. But coach, thanks again for taking the time. How you been doing? How, how's summer been going for you? Uh, fine, thanks, Billy. Uh, it's it's just the summer. It's the summer schedule, really. It's recruiting and camp, and um, you know, ever since we got done, uh, got back here July first, had exit meetings, and we had camp on the the fifth, and we've had camp ever since. Did the draft, of course, in Colorado. And then uh, been out on the road recruiting ever since. So, um, yeah, it's gone by pretty quick. Yeah, I got to imagine the summers typically go by pretty quick. But how much has a summer changed for you? Of course, early in your career, you were somewhat new uh, to coaching not only in the SEC, but, you know, coaching a, a high-level college baseball team. So from your perspective, Coach, how, how, how have the summers been and how have um, how you've treated the summers with the guys uh, kind of changed over the years? Well, I, I don't think you ever remove yourself from the team. I, you're, you're part of, of the team throughout, at least we feel that way, from the standpoint of staying in touch with them, uh, typically going up to the Cape and watching them play in the Cape Cod League or the NECBL, which we didn't do this year just because our, our summer was uh, minimized. Um, but I, I would say just it hasn't really changed much. I mean, ever since I started coaching back in 1987 at Presbyterian. The summers have just been uh, recruiting months more than anything else. It's really not a time where, you know, I think for a normal routine, you, it might be a, a time of year where you get away, but our getaway time is Christmas. So uh, other than that, June, July, August are, are very heavy recruiting months and we, we tend to stay on the road with the exception of last year when we couldn't go on the road. So. Uh, we're, we've got a little normalcy, and that's a good thing. Uh, no doubt about it. You mentioned the month of July, 
How about that? Again, seven uh, former Commodore players, of course, were drafted. Now they're former Commodore players, but they were a uh, part of the team this past season, including two top 10 picks, of course, with Leiter and Rocker. They became the 11th and 12th Vanderbilt players to go in the top 10 during uh, your time here. Obviously, the draft isn't anything new for you. Of course, you were a part of that coverage on MLB Network, um, so you're, you know, you're fully enthralled with it. But what's that feeling like? Has it changed over the years or, or is it still, you know, specials every time you see some, one of your guys get drafted and, and, and just kind of describe that, that feeling for you? Well, there's, there's certainly a, a moment where you're happy for the family. You're happy for the, the kid, um, especially with kids that, like Kumar and Jack, make pretty tough decisions out of high school. So I think in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, with kids like them, they're making tough decisions out of high school. You, you hope it goes down a certain road where they get rewarded, uh, both from a health standpoint, they stay healthy and they're able to, uh, to move forward and, and, and better themselves. And in both their cases, they did. Now, you know, Kumar's situation is a little bit different than Jack's right now, just from standpoint of one sign, the other didn't but those are extenuating circumstances beyond either one of them's control. But I, I would say the fact that they got drafted and that other kids that have got drafted alongside of them, it is a, it's a, it's a big moment. They work very, very hard and diligently to, to put themselves in, in that position. And they, they both did. And because of that, um, they, they got rewarded uh, professionally and hopefully that will lead to, to a major league uniform at some point in time, but it's it's just the entryway to professional baseball. It doesn't guarantee you anything. Although in their case, you would think that because of where they got drafted, there's a, there's a potential opportunity a little bit quicker than some, but there's still a lot of work for, for both of them and the guys who did get drafted to be done. Yeah, and coach, I wanna kind of dive back into this past season and, you know, like I talked about earlier, it seems forever ago, but your guys had to fight through so many different types of adversity at many different points in the season. And you know, I'm sure, you know, you're fully aware with a, with a fairly young team who for most of the team, they hadn't experienced that kind of up-tempo and, and, you know, high action game in, in Omaha. So did you find that you had to approach this year's team somewhat differently than seasons of the past? Of course, every season's different, but with their youth and not, not even really being to Omaha, uh, and seeing that game action, how differently did you have to have to approach this type of a team? Well, we, we might have. Uh, I think you had some kids that had been in this environment when we went to Omaha, but never on the field and, and never in roles where they were, I guess, competing. Um, so, yeah, it was different. It, it was different because it was new to a lot of people. Um, some of the older kids could share the, those thoughts, but they couldn't really share the, the thoughts of being on the field in 19 because that, that didn't happen to any of them. So, yeah, when you're two years removed and we did, you know, the 20 year was uh, non-existent from a postseason standpoint, then mm -hmm. you're relying on those types of kids that have been there before the Dominic Keegan's, the Ethan Smith, the Tate Colwicks who, who have, who have been there, but not on the field. Now, I thought the team as a whole did a, a great job to put themselves in a position to win a, a national championship. I mean, the, the thought of going to Omaha is a that's, a, that's a tall mountain to climb. The thought of getting to a national championship game 
is storybook stuff. That just doesn't happen. To win a national championship, that that never happens. You know, it's just like how many teams have actually done that? So um, I think the comment that I've heard and it, it's understood is don't I, I you had a good year. I, I don't you know, it didn't end the way you want it to. Well, you know what? It ended the way it was supposed to. You know, it's mm -hmm. like we didn't play at a certain level. The team that we were playing was very good at that. They were better than us. And so they won a national championship. But the fact that we could be in that situation, I, I thought, spoke to the consistency of the kids. I, I thought we did a, everyone included, did a very good job of getting this team to where they did because the road was very difficult. And, you, you know, the regional with Georgia Tech, difficult, emotional. The road to through East Carolina, tough, emotional. The games that we won in Omaha, two walk-offs, emotional. The COVID situation, I mean, that was, you know, that was something beyond what I, I thought, you know, that we would ever be faced with before. And the residual and the, the, I think the backlash of doing absolutely nothing but being paired up against a team that had the misfortune of not being able to play, mm -hmm. uh, that was emotional. So, um you know, and then you had players along the way that were lost. You had two Tommy John situations, which shrunk our pitching staff at the beginning of the year. And then you had guys like Colwick and Carter Young and so on that were just, you know, dinged up a little bit during the year, which took them out of the lineup. So, yeah, I thought with everything that we had gone through and everything that we did, I, I thought it was a very successful year. And it was more than that, though. I thought it was a very consistent operation. And I thought the harmony within the group was outstanding so for that um you left that season in peace i mean total peace with what happened and how it went down and uh, it's just a building block for the next year yeah no doubt about it and coach you talk about fibers and, and how teams can can build those certain fibers as and, and you know they can start as soon as an sec tournament game or a regional or a super regional and that's what they were able to do so how much do you think they grew and and obviously you know we talk about every year being different but in what ways do you think your team grew because due to their their inexperience how much did you how much growth ha did you see this past season and 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 how much of that do you think they can take into next season well they certainly can take a lot of the experiences with them uh, i think the mental growth was was significant i think when you look at parker nolan and carter young and even C.J. Rodriguez, and I know he was a draft-eligible sophomore this year, but that was a young kid that had not caught a lot of games, and he was catching the, the better part of the pitching staff, which was very difficult proposition, and he did it very mm -hmm. well, and he held the, the running game down as well as did a great job of receiving tough pitchers. Um, so I, I think that was good. Uh, but then, you know, you had guys like Troy Laneve and Javi Vaz, guys that were never in the mix, became in the mix. I, I just thought that there was a lot of mental and physical growth from the team. Uh, will it help moving forward? Yeah, I think it will help them mentally. It doesn't mean anything going forward. There, there's certainly that we have to improve a lot. I mean, we're going to have to prove a great deal moving forward in order to have any type of success. But I, I think when you get kids to that experience in that environment, it, it creates, a, it, it, it does create some fibers that 
you, you can't you can't gain in practice. You can't get mm -hmm. that in training. You, you have to be exposed to it. And I thought what we were exposed to is certainly uh, something that will help them moving forward mentally, whether it's the season or whether it's just in general life in, uh, moving forward, too. So, um, yeah, I, I think it will be good for them. Coach, I thought a really intriguing part of the season uh, was in the regular season, somewhat early in the regular season when you guys traveled to Knoxville. And, um, you know, obviously your comments were, were taken, uh, I think, out of proportion, you know, looking at talking about that Tennessee crowd. But, you know, I think for a lot of Vandy fans that seeing that crowd and, and seeing that emotion brought back a lot of memories and kind of brought back that energy. And, and it kind of I don't want to say kickstarted the season, but I think emotionally for a lot of the fans and I, I would assume the players kind of brought back a lot of that that momentum and that passion for the sport. So with that rivalry beginning to to brew a little bit more, Tennessee has been on the rise, but I think now, Coach, it's going to be really fun to see that rivalry. So how, how, how exciting was that series just playing there in Knoxville, and how excited are you to see that rivalry kind of progress through the years? Well, I think to your point, I, I think that was a stimulant for both teams, to be honest with you. I, I think, it, you know, because we're both good teams, I think it both gave both teams confidence moving forward. It, it helped us for certain because we knew we were playing a very good team. Tony's team was older. Uh, they, they could pitch. Uh, they had younger pitching, too. Um, I, I thought they just competed at every turn and they just made you earn everything. And I mm -hmm. think. You know, the Saturday game was emotional because they came back and, you know, Russell had the game of, of I'm not going to say his life because I haven't been in his life, but it was a very good game and he certainly stimulated their offense. But I, I think after leaving, I thought the crowd was tough and they were good. Uh, it, it brought out a competitiveness that you might not get if, if there was no one in the stands. But I, I thought that kind of led to your point. I thought it led to better things for us. It led to better things for them. Uh, I, I think they probably looked at us as probably a, a measuring stick, just as the same way we looked at them. And uh, for it did. It helped both teams moving forward, and both teams ended up in the College World Series. And if you told me that Tennessee was going to end up in the College World Series at the time we played them, I would have agreed with you because I I told the kids that I, I thought, and I told Tony that too, and. I don't know if he necessarily believed me at the time, but you could see it. You could see that 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 was a, a, a good, good team. So mm -hmm. credit them. Um, yeah. And, uh, and they're not they're certainly going to be a team that just keeps building just like we will. So, yeah, we you always look forward to, to games like that. Uh, they bring out the best in everyone. Oh, no doubt about it. it it's going to be a treat to watch, especially with it being in Nashville this season. Coach. I want to go to David Macias, and, and he's a guy, obviously, that was with your program earlier, you know, in your tenure at Vanderbilt. And, and I think bringing him on the staff kind of brought back some memories with him playing, but also him being a part of the team, I'm sure, was special. But with him heading to East Carolina, what are you going to miss most about him? What did he bring to this program? And then as a result, what can you tell us about his replacement, uh, Coach Shoemaker from Campbell? Well, it's like losing a son, you know, it's, it's like a son that you're working with, you own a business and you're part of the business and he's part of the business with you and he's been part of the business for a long period of time. I mean, when you look at David's existence inside this program as a player, it's when we started moving up a few steps. He had mm -hmm. a lot to do with it. He was a four year player here and then went off and had a what I would say is a very successful professional career too. he didn't get to the big leagues, but he had a very successful professional career. 
But what he is more than that is the the personal skills of the kid and his wife, Pam, that, that's just a big dent. You know, that's a big loss in your program. Um, but everyone to a man and to a woman is very happy for them, you know, very happy <clears throat> that he's a, you know, a full-time coach now that, you know, he has benefits that he's, you know, he's getting paid in a normal way that mm -hmm. he deserves. I mean, that kid was a volunteer inside of our program and turned down large opportunities in professional baseball. And I say large opportunities, very well-paying opportunities that wow. superseded anything that he was getting here to stay inside this program, to help this program grow. And he's just the beneficiary of a, of a very good opportunity at East Carolina with a guy that was coaching with us in 2005 in Cliff Godwin. So yep. He's, you know, he's leaving Vanderbilt, but he's going to work with another Vanderbilt guy who we certainly like a lot too. So uh, we're, we're happy for him, but certainly miss him. Now, in replacing him, we got a, a young man named Tyler Shoemaker, and Tyler is uh, was the recruiting coordinator at Campbell University. And anyone who's been following college baseball understands how good Campbell University is because mm -hmm. they've got a very good program. Um, they took it to Mississippi State in their own regional um, and mm -hmm. lost to them six to five in the final game. So they gave them everything that they wanted. Uh, but I've known Tyler for uh, a period of time. He uh, comes equipped as a catching instructor, offensive instructor, base running instructor. He's just a very good coach and he's very diligent. And everyone who knows Tyler and everyone who's been around Tyler speaks in great, great uh uh, words about him. So uh, anytime you lose someone special, you want to try to fill them with someone special too. And we, we think Tyler is that. And uh, we're looking forward to putting him in front of the players very soon here. Well, you talk about bringing in a new coach. I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, football. Now, we, we, when, you, when we had you on last time, we didn't talk a lot of football. I don't think um, you're expected to talk a lot of football during, you know, if you do these interviews. But with Clark Lee taking over the football program, many people are, have kind of looked at your your and him's his relationship as, you know, I don't want to say, uh, um, you know, something that was important, but I think it's pretty obvious, you know, y'all's relationship has played a role in this. And and I would I, I would I want to ask, when did your relationship with him begin and what impressed you most about a young Clark Lee? I think that what impressed me most is knowing him back in, you know, three and four and five and then beyond is how curious he was when he left here and became a coach and came back and talked about teaching and coaching. You could tell he was going to be a, a teacher and a coach. You could just tell by how he handled himself and the things that were on the front of his mind. And what was on the front of his mind always was how to better himself as a teacher and coach. And he sat in several of our classrooms when he was a, a coach at Notre Dame. Um, I think the first time, you know, after he maybe he was at Syracuse that mm -hmm. we, we had uh, lunch at Waffle House and we <laughs> broke it down for about two to three hours. And then, you know, ever since that time, it's been frequent meetings in his off time where he could come by and sit down and talk about coaching and teaching. And then you know, him privy to, to some of our meetings too. And I just think it gave him another, another perspective, another sport, which is not, 
is not out there for him because he started his, you know, his college career as a, as a collegiate baseball player. He went to Birmingham Southern uh, and then went mm -hmm. to Belmont and then left Belmont to walk on over here in football and then have a career over here in football and then came full circle. And he's a, he's a coach here now. So um, I, I just think he's the right person at the right time. And I say that from the standpoint of the type of person he is and the type of teacher he is. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say winning or losing that. I'm not even going to go there right now because he understands more than anyone what he what the challenges that exist in front of him, and so that that's understood. But how he's going to approach this thing, I think, is the most important thing. He, he's on, in my opinion, he's on to the right things. He's thinking about the right things. He's attacking it in the right way, and uh, you know, I love everything about him. I, I just think he's pure as a as a teacher and coach, and I I love that and. You know, now we've been able to share one of our staff members with him and Casey Stengel and mm -hmm. Casey, I loved her. I mean, she was, you know, I hated losing her too, but I also knew that in losing her, it was going to benefit football's program and she's already done that. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of their program in a, listen, in a, in a very minor way, just as a more supportive than anything else. But I'm going to tell you something, Billy, those football players, they, you know, after the Tennessee series, those football players marched over here and were in the stands for us, mm -hmm. and they were front and center and very visible in what we were doing. And I'll always be grateful for that. And in a lot of different ways, I, you know, I want to help them too and pay them back, and certainly will. But uh, I, I like the relationship that we have with football. Well, I want to dive a little deeper there, and I think that intrigues a lot of Vanderbilt fans when they listen to you say that. They talk about your relationship with the football team, and mm -hmm. it's something that has been brewing, uh, of course. And I want to ask you about the uniforms. Now, you know, I'm not asking for a full deep dive or scouting report on them, but on the helmet, I, I would assume, you know, you you realize that there there is a V on the helmet, on the gold helmet now, instead of the star V, the typical Vanderbilt logo. And obviously, mm -hmm. that's what Vanderbilt baseball utilizes that has received mixed reviews from Vandy fans. And, but what I've tried to tell people is that coach Lee understands what he's doing here. And, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, um, you know, say everything he does, I'm going to, you know, follow him every way. But I think that's what a lot of Vandy fans are, are believing right now. They're going to say kind of trust in coach Lee. So I think he's trying to tap into your brand the Vandy boys brand and try to attach some of that success to a two-time national championship program. Am, am I wrong in saying that? Well, I think what he's doing is he's just tapping into the university itself. I mean, it, the V stands for Vanderbilt. And I think more than yeah. anything else, he just wants to, he just wants to, he just wants to represent the university in the best way that he possibly can. And I think, you know, logos and, you know, whether it's the Vandy boys moniker or whatever you want to do, that's all great. And, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's put on a clean uniform, wear the uniform proudly, and then play for the uniform, you know, play inside the uniform the best way that you possibly can. And I think for him, it's just trying to keep things simple, uh, not trying to overdo anything. Uh, you know, is the uniform important? Uh, to some degree, yeah, because uniformity is important. How you look is important. Yeah. But you know what? It's more about the soldier inside the uniform. And if the soldier in the uniform isn't worth a damn, then it doesn't matter what the uniform looks like. So I, I think with him, 
he's going about it in the way that he feels is best for his program. And, you know, I like it, but it, it doesn't really matter whether I like it or not. But when I look at that uniform, I go, yeah, I like that stuff. That, that jacks me up a little bit. I like a strong V. That's what we are. We're Vanderbilt University, period, simple. Coach, I want to, I'm diving a lot into this into this logo and in a lot of this, but in a way, this is your symbol. This is what your this is what you wear. That, I mean, it's on your hat. That V. When you came to this program, uh, you obviously have alternate hats that have that star V. Why did you personally was that a was that a mental decision to go with that V, or, or do you remember doing that, or was it something that you know you didn't think was important at the time? But what you know what what's the history behind that V, and, and kind of why I guess you decided it to have that for your program? Yeah, I think just more of the simplicity of it, Billy. I mean, you know, Boston Red Sox fan B. You know, it's like mm -hmm. that. I guess it was kind of indelible in my mind when I saw that hat. I thought. Okay, that's simple. You know, New York Yankees, NY, you know, New York, you know, it says it's like the name of who what your organization is. It's Vanderbilt and, uh, you know, VU could have been VU, but I think the V was just purely simple for me. It just was a, just a simple V that went on a hat that was very descriptive of who we are. And now, you know, obviously, and at least in the time that I've been here in the 20 years, it's just that's what people look at. They look at that hat and they look at that black hat and mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't go back and forth. You know, we do have other hats, but, you know, we wear them on occasion. But when it gets right down to it, the hat we wear is the black hat with a gold V and it just stands for the brand of what we are. And that's Vanderbilt University. And I think it, you know, years ago, you couldn't find that hat anywhere. I mean, I'd go to sports seasons and the only <laughs> thing I could see was things in orange and I was pissed off. Hey, let me, let I, me tell you, Vandy fans can agree. coach. Yeah, yeah. I was ready to put my hand through a wall. <laughs> so the fact that now you got something that just stands out, um, you know, I, I, that's beneficial to everyone. I think they should be proud of it because it's, it's that it's, it's what the school is. It's, it's Vanderbilt university. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what you are. And, and uh, you know, I think I agree with you with the, the pro teams and using that. Those are the letters and, that, and that's who you are. I want to ask now, coach, as we run out a little bit of a, a little bit of time here, I think Candace, Candace Story Lee, Daniel Deermeyer, and even guys like Tommy McClelland um, have come in and, and sort of rejuvenated uh, an athletic department that, that, uh, that fans would agree and a lot of people would agree that needed it in a time and they, and they got it. They got those people. They brought those people in. So, Coach, what can you say in regards to the harmony between you, the, the other coaches in the program, and kind of being able to work with and communicate clearly with people like Candace Lee and Daniel Deermeyer and even Tommy McClellan more on the marketing side? No, I love Candace. I mean, I, I just I'm so happy and proud of Candace and what she's been faced with when she first got the position, what she's been faced with in the past three years, you know, with the death of David, who was very close to her, what she's had to endure herself, um, regardless of who she is, regardless of what she's about, what she, what, what she is, is she's humanistic. She just cares about people and she cares about experience for the kids. And the other thing that she wants to do is, you know, she wants to create a new experience for our support system, our fans, our people that can look at Vanderbilt and say, yeah, that's right. That's who we are. You know, she wants, she wants to make this more than what it's been in the past. And I think anyone who comes into a situation wants to make it better than what it's been 
and leave it better than when they arrived. And this child is like that. That's what she wants to do. That's all she's about. She's, she's just a real person. And she's, she's got a lot of empathy in her. She's a very kind person too, but it, it, she, I'm just so glad that she's leading this, this university right now from an athletic standpoint, because in my opinion, she brings, she, she brings everything that you would want into a program in terms of she's young, she's youthful, she's energetic, she goes about things in the right way, she connects people within our, our program, and she's already done that with, within the coaches. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. And Daniel is, you know, he's just, uh, he's a breath of fresh air. I mean, he's a college chancellor who is sitting in our stands with his hat backwards, drinking a beer. Okay. It, it, how, how do you like There's that? There's nothing better you know? than that. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that spells real. I mean, that's a real <laughs> guy that connects with every type of person on campus but he's just comfortable in his own skin and just is so supportive of not only athletics, but everything. He just wants everything that he's attached with to be better than what it was. So I, I think this is a good time, you know, for, for our department in so many different ways for the university in so many different ways, you have to recreate yourself every year. But I think what we're doing right now is we're recreating ourselves in different ways that maybe Vanderbilt hasn't seen before. And I say that in the most positive way and not to diminish the returns of what's happened here in the past, because I would never do that. But I would say that we're, we're on an adventure right now that is exciting for a lot of people. And I certainly am excited about it. Boy, when you say recreate yourself, I think that rings true with a lot of people and, and especially in the city of Nashville, a place that is growing like no other. And, you know, it, it's more than the it city right now. You've got you've got NASCAR now in the city. You've got the Titans, of course. I mean, you guys have had to compete uh, with the likes of, of, of professional programs all over the place. So in, in, with that in mind, coach, with this with this new administration and, and with this athletic department and even your ball club in, in particular, what are some of the things you guys are trying to do from a marketing standpoint? I know you're the head coach, but as a coach, you know, you're in tune with all that stuff. So from that perspective and, and with that in mind, what are some of the things you guys are trying to do a little bit differently to tap into that Nashville market and say, Hey, we're still relevant. Come to Hawkins field and come to this game because this is still the best thing in town. Well, I, you know, I'm in charge of the product or help in, in the product. Right. And I think what we put on the field as a product is, is good. I mean, in some, in some years, it's much better than good. But I think what the Vanderbilt fan has experienced, at least in the, in the time here, is the consistency in our program. And I think that's, the, and that's difficult to, to come by, too, Billy. I mean, if you recreate yourself every year and you want to, you want to be consistent, you got to be on all the time, mentally and physically. And I think our, our program is that. But at the same time, if you're an old steakhouse, and you've always had really, really good food, but the decor is stale, it stays the same, and you, you just expect that the consumer is always going to come and buy your food because your product is good, you're- Selling yourself short. You, exactly right. And we have to look at ourselves that way too. You know, is our baseball stadium uh, nice? Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, it's situated in a, in a very uh, unique place. It's got a, a tremendous backdrop. We're nestled right in, in the middle of mm -hmm. a city 
We're nestled next to a basketball arena and a football stadium. But at the same time, we've, we've got to recreate that too. You know, that we've got a situation now where we're probably antiquated. We are antiquated. And it, it's one that we have to adjust. We'll have to do some things here in the years to come, just as football and basketball will have to. And when you do that, what it does is it sends a message to the consumer is, yeah, their product's good. Now their decor, they're changing the carpets. They're changing mm -hmm. the TVs. They're, we're no, no longer looking at those big, thick TVs in the corners of the bar anymore. Now <laughs> they've got thin screen. Now it's, rather than two, they've got 12. You know, it's like, it's the things that the consumer wants in order to keep them coming and to keep their spirit alive. And we're going to have to continue doing that in baseball too. We can't just think that just because we went to Omaha or just because we always have a good program that people are going to show up. We got to make them feel comfortable. We got to make them feel warm when the temperature is 40 and they don't want to come to the game. We got to make them feel cool when it's 105 and the sun's Carolina. no longer beating down on their neck. So there's adjustments that we're going to have to make here very soon. Well, it excites a lot of people. And uh, I think uh, a Hawkins Field Steakhouse might be a good idea when you talk huh. about that. That <laughs> brings it to mind. But yeah. Coach, I got I got one more real quick here. Uh, obviously, the recruiting class is set uh, for this coming year. And, you know, you can talk as much about it as you want. But uh, what are you most excited about with this class of new guys coming in and, and kind of looking and waiting to see how they mold with that older group like you talked about earlier a group that has has been through some situations that now they know uh how to how to react and what to expect well I, i'm just excited that we retained most of them I, I think when you look at recruiting classes at least where we're recruiting and we're gonna have the same situation next year that you know potentially you might lose one or two but you want to retain most of them and that's what we did i mean we had certain situations where we had some pretty good middle infielders that could have signed, could have escaped us, and they didn't. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, we lost Jordan Lawler, and uh, but at the at the same time, and we lost some others. But it, at the same time, we uh, we retained some very good players too. And I say very good players; they're very good players at where they were. Now they've got to come here and they've got to demonstrate some type of acumen for the game and some playability for the game too. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when they get there. But, you know, we're, we're certainly going to have competition. We certainly have a, a roster that's going to have some numbers to it. How deep we are, I, I have no idea. I, I, I'm not going to even guesstimate on that. We just got to get into the fall and uh, put good days on top of good days. And if we can do that, then hopefully we'll, we'll be in a situation where we can be somewhat successful. But, I'm, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting them here. They'll, they'll roll in on Saturday and Oh, Our wow. first meeting is on Tuesday, Billy. And then I would say, I think we have some good things planned for the fall. We're going to have some competition against outside teams that's coming. And when that comes, we'll announce it. But yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just looking forward to, to having a regular fall and sitting in a regular classroom with our players, um, doing things that normal people will do and moving and trending in a direction of, of health where Everyone can show up at the ballpark and not worry about a mask or not worry about getting sick. But, you know, we still, you know, we're still asking everyone to do the things that they need to do in order to put everyone around them in a good position. And hopefully that will, will be the case. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hopefully Hawkins Field uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's, uh, of course, at 100% capacity. And Coach, really looking forward to, to getting those guys in. And, uh, wow, I can't believe they get in Saturday. It's going to be 
uh, of course, a busy week and you're always busy, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time here on the Doorport with us. You got it, Billy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good hearing your voice again. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, that does it for yet another electric episode of The Door Report. Big thanks to Tim Corbin for taking time out of his busy schedule to join the podcast. For myself, Billy Derrick, and Tim Corbin, you've been listening to episode 100 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.